Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e-commerce brands face today and real-world examples of transforming data into insights. Welcome back to another episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. I'm your host, Brad Redding, and today is going to be a little bit of a news and just general updates for you. I'll be talking about Facebook pixel issues that were going a little bit crazy on Twitter a couple of days ago, Facebook reporting issues, Facebook Shopify pixel tracking issues, and then I'll wrap up going through some privacy updates that we've been following along. And if you've listened to the episode where I talked about consent compliance and the future of it and some, uh, I guess, ideas that I had and how we should as an industry, really attack this and see this overhaul. Listen to that. Again, consent compliance, how things should change in the future. But I'm going to provide some just general updates on what we're seeing so far in early 2023. So Facebook pixel issues. There were a couple different threads going on that obviously it turns into questions coming into Elevar and, and our team. One was around, seems like it's somewhat sporadic, but it's just general reporting issues within Facebook. So it could be delays in seeing any revenue or really any data associated to any of your campaigns or ad sets that could be down to click revenue, conversion value level. So there was that specific issue. I honestly haven't seen anything come out from Meta on this, but that was one that was impacting many customers. So if that was you, it seems to be that that specific symptom was not related to any pixel tracking issues. It was more of a Facebook internal reporting issue, bug, whatever you want to call it, but something that we've seen happen, I would say, it seems like every couple of months, something like this happens where reporting essentially just shuts down, causes a panic, concern around tracking, and then ultimately everything just magically comes back a day or two later. So that was one issue. Again, if that's just you and you don't have any major errors or warnings inside your events manager in your Facebook pixel, at some point, I'll remember to say meta and not Facebook. But if you do not see any major warnings or issues, then it's likely if if you haven't seen the reporting recover, that it should soon. The next Facebook issue is I'm going to combine these two, but there was a different thread around Facebook pixel tracking issues that started to happen on January 13th, which coincided with a Facebook SDK update. And again, just summarizing some of these different threads and inbound messages and questions that were coming into us at Elevar. This also seems to be widespread. So it's happening with customers using the native Shopify meta integration. It was happening with brands using their own custom integration that they either have just embedded in their theme or some other mechanism. And then potentially also with Elevar customers as well, just seeing new warnings or issues that might be coming up within Facebook. Again, to as of today, which is midweek, uh, January 17th, 18th, 19th, we haven't seen any official documentation from Facebook around there was an issue made to their pixel and the way it was collecting data that could potentially cause reporting issues. So this one I would almost potentially put into this next bucket, which I'm going to go into, which it could be somewhat related to what we've been seeing with Facebook Shopify specific tracking issues. So this is one that we started to see last year and we really we tried reaching out just to see and get any clarity on what was going on potentially behind the scenes with the Shopify checkout. 
Obviously, Checkout One was released for all Plus merchants last year, last October, and it was an opt-in. So you weren't forced to upgrade. You could opt-in. And uh, I, even today, again, don't quote me on this, but I don't think there's been a hard date that you have to upgrade to the new Checkout by you know April 1st or November 1st or whatever it might be. We've certainly had a few of our customers that have upgraded to Checkout One. And part of that is you lose access to Checkout.Liquid and there's a fairly significant transition process for not only your tracking. So think about tracking either Google Tag Manager or embedded in your Checkout.Liquid and having to migrate that to either all server-side tracking with a solution like Elevar or others and or in combination with using the WebPixel API that you can use to essentially inject tracking inside the Checkout and if you don't go either of those routes and you're doing this on your own, then you could essentially decide to ignore having any checkout events like begin checkout, add payment info, et cetera, and move your purchase conversion tracking to the order status script settings page. Again, somewhat in the weeds, somewhat technical, but with that transition to checkout one, there's the fairly significant transition or migration process for your conversion tracking, but also all of your functionality. So if you have upsells or loyalty rewards or not the upsells, the their sidebar in the checkout, there's all, all kinds of different apps and, and things you can do inside the checkout.liquid just by apps embedding code. You would also need to transition that to the new checkout extensibility. So the checkout extensions, which is compatible. It's part of the checkout one rollout for plus stores. So migrating some of that functionality to the new checkout extensibility. Anyways, has a long roundabout story to get to what we are seeing that may impact you, whether you are an Elevar customer or not. We started to see new URLs pop up in just thinking about Google Analytics in your pages report. Typically, we're all used to seeing you know, slash checkouts and then slash thank underscore you and fairly consistent URLs with a Shopify checkout. Obviously, there's a unique number. So it's a like a 20-digit numeric, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. But anyways, if you're looking at a URL, each customer is going to have a unique URL. But in some of the subpaths, you'll see that thank underscore you or the slash checkouts. So we started to see this pop up just during our testing in the checkout one transition where we would see unique subfolder paths in the URL like slash co. And now we're seeing slash C. And when these would come about, Again, very randomly, we would generally see missing information on this page. So we would not see order information, order ID, essentially revenue associated with it. We'd have to fall back to the checkout data. So checkout revenue, checkout ID. So what we're seeing now, which this is just me hypothesizing here, is there on Shopify's roadmap, they have the order status page rollout happening February, so a couple of weeks from now, for the whole checkout extensibility. And this is, again, may or may not be part of that whole checkout one rollout. But starting in February, all of the order status page functionality will be open for developer preview, where, again, if you are injecting things or doing anything custom on the order status page, that you can begin implementing, re-implementing that through the new checkout extensibility, which is compatible with checkout one. So all that to say, what we're seeing, we are seeing on a very widespread, not consistent, not the same across any store, but some stores that utilize shop pay or other offsite payment methods that those customers that are going through these payment methods that route outside the, the typical Shopify checkout. So again, shop pay has its own page, PayPal, you're going off, et cetera. When they come back to the thank you page, 
they're landing on a new thank you page that has that slash co or slash C. So think if you have 100 users that place an order, if 80 go through the standard Shopify checkout and 20 go through some of these offsite payment methods, if you're just looking at the URLs for your checkout, you would see 80 that are the old URL style. So slash checkout slash thank you. And then 20 that have this new either slash co or slash C. When it's a slash co or slash C, that page does not have the same data structure as the other 80. So it's a different data structure. There's different data available. So depending on how your tracking is set up, one easy referenceable example is if you are typically using the order ID. So let's just, again, I'll remove Elevar from this, but if you are in the order status page and you have a conversion tracking script that's in the order status page and you have a variable that's order.order.id, that order ID will return null. So the some of the information associated with the order object ends up being null and empty. So if there is a tracker that relies on that or potentially other data, so customer ID is another one that is, is we're seeing some oddities with, that information is not being sent to the channel. So where this can impact Facebook, so to bring this full circle back to Facebook, in Elevar, historically, so about a year ago when the order object was completely removed and we reverted to use the checkout objects in checkout in the Shopify checkout, we added a fallback. So in order to prevent a circumstance where no order IDs are passed at all, we would add a fallback to checkout ID just in case the order ID doesn't exist for any unknown change that we may not be aware of that Shopify is making. So fast forward to today, that's in place. If you are utilizing Elevar's data layer, there's a fallback where we look for order ID. If that doesn't exist, then we look for checkout ID or, or order name. So we have a fallback in place to make sure that the order ID that we're sending to a specific channel, client side, again, this is client side, not server side. So then Google Tag Manager or similar, that would, there's always an order ID that's passing. Where that can come in with Facebook tracking is there are four event deduplication parameters that Facebook will show inside your Facebook Business Manager event ID, external ID, FPP, et cetera. They, with the external ID, which we map to the order ID on the thank you page, there's a fallback. So if we end up in the pixel, end up sending checkout ID, but in the server side cappy hit, we're still sending order ID through for the external ID. Those are two different external IDs. So your deduplication parameter percentage rate would go down significantly. So it would go down to potentially 0%, 20%, whatever it might be, depending on Again, the percentage of people that are seeing this slash co, this new checkout thank you page. So if that were to happen to you, or if that's currently happening to you, one of the symptoms might be that you have a warning that 2% of your events or 5% of your events, uh, you have redundant purchase events. Again, we don't really know because Facebook doesn't tell us this or tell anyone this, but they may detect that, okay, they look at the order coming from the pixel and they see the order coming from the server-side cappy hit. All the information is the same including any customer information, the FBP parameters, et cetera, if all that's the same, but there's a difference in the external ID, then they might flag that as a redundant purchase event because the external ID is, again, one of their deduplication parameters. We do have an update on the Elevar side for this, but in the native Shopify Facebook integration, this could be, again, I'm just hypothesizing. I don't really know for sure because none of this is really you have to infer and just use a educated guess, but just reading through some Twitter feedbacks and comments where people are reporting they're using the native Shopify Facebook integration 
and they're having redundant purchase events or they potentially have some larger issues at hand. And I'll put a link to the one thread that you can read through in the show notes. But it's possible that the native integration that is maintained by Meta so Meta maintains the Facebook channel. So the, so the Meta channel where you are connecting or tracking, it's possible that they might be experiencing the issue with a new checkout thank you page. Anyways, hopefully this isn't coming off as trying to start any rumors or anything like that. I'm just sharing what we know. Again, I know we have many customers that listen to this. So just trying to explain what we're seeing on both sides, on the Shopify side, as well as on the Facebook side, what we're doing about it. And then just trying to look at roadmaps and things that we know are coming down a pipeline with the Shopify checkout and trying to infer some changes that, again, may be rolling out to some smaller percentage of merchants. Any case, just to put a recap on that. So if you are utilizing either the native Shopify, Meta, Facebook integration for your pixel tracking and Cappy integration, or if you are using the Elevar integration, you may not have an issue at all. So we've looked at a couple. I personally looked at a couple of accounts over the weekend. They had none of these issues and they were using ShopPay and others. So you may not have an issue at all, or you may have an issue, but it's a fairly small percentage. So think you have a warning in Facebook Business Manager, that's 2% or 5% of redundant purchase events, more than likely. It is from this issue where you have some traffic that are using offsite payment methods where the order ID doesn't exist. So that's either returning null or potentially falling back to the checkout ID. So the deduplication parameter is not the same. If you are an Elevar customer, keep an eye out for communication we'll be putting out. By the time you listen to this, it might already be out. But the week of January 15th, 16th, we'll have an update in our knowledge base and in-app on, again, if, if you are experiencing this, how to go ahead and upgrade to just ensure that your fallback is protected. And if you have a massive issue, so if you have the massive reporting issue or you have a tons of errors and warnings are coming up inside your Facebook business manager where you have 100% of redundant purchase events and all kinds of other warnings, it's possible that you just might need a full review of your setup, just going through testing, validating. When we go through our testing, there's five or six checkpoints in every purchase event just to validate things like deduplication parameters, the user parameters, et cetera. So that might be something that you need to go through either on your own, with your own team or uh, with Elevar. All right, so that's a, a ton of Facebook jargon and Shopify checkout jargon, et cetera. But keep that in the back of your mind. The new order status page coming down the pipeline soon. It's part of Checkout One. And we can even, forgot to mention on that slash co thank you page or slash C thank you page that we could see, the actual page title actually says Checkout One. So even if you haven't upgraded to Checkout One, the thank you page did look like it might be part of the Checkout One upgrade. So who knows what's fully going on there. But in any case, we're on it and uh, we're here to support. All right, privacy updates. So this is a, a trend that we are seeing and we've been seeing over the last couple of months where it seems to be, I'll just use that rule of 100. So if we have 100 either existing or new customers coming into Elevar, a year ago, we might have, I don't know, five to 10 that we were looking for an integration to go deep with either GDPR or CCP, uh, CCPA privacy. I'd say that's probably doubled since then. So with the trend of brands looking for tracking integrations that have consent compliance and just privacy compliance possibilities, integrations available, that is a, a big trend we're seeing. And honestly, it's probably part of the some of the privacy updates that are happening out there. California has a new enforcement agency. They have a new acronym. So it's CCPA. And now they have a new one, which is the CRPA, I believe it's CRPA, CP. Uh, anyways, all, I, have, I have a lot of acronyms sitting in front of me and I'm trying to scroll the new California one. Anyways, 
It's just a new version of their CCPA. And they have a new enforcement agency called the California Privacy Protection Agency versus the attorney general that was previously responsible for enforcing and overseeing CCPA. But anyway, so this new agency, they are now being more proactive on enforcements. I'll put a link in the show notes that is on their site. So it's their CCPA enforcement case examples. And it just lists examples of them being proactive and going after just reading the first one here in an enforcement suite, multiple online retailers were found to be using web tracking technologies that make consumers' personal info available to third parties in exchange for services like advertising analytics, et cetera, without offering an opt-out mechanism or ensuring the third party was a CCPA compliant service provider. So there's more in here. There's a loyalty program posted on notices. So I think this one actually might have been more of a brick and mortar, but uh, there's a loyalty one. There's actually another one related to email signup form. Read through these if you want, if you get bored and just want to read through some of this technical jargon. Not that it's not super technical, but you can at least see some of the examples where this new enforcement agency is going through sites and just validating if you or these certain brand sites are being compliant with their requirements. So that's one big thing that we're seeing. And the example I always like to fall back on here is Chances are, if you're listening, you may have had a, what I call the ambulance chasers, the accessibility lawsuits, where you would get a notice that your site's not accessible and for just general accessibility standards. And it was, hey, pay us $10,000 and we'll go away or else we're going to take you to court and sue you. Majority of the time, they're all just, again, law firms that if you go to their own site and you just run it through an accessibility check they would always fail. And it was just purely a money grab. Obviously, accessibility is extremely important. But when it comes to uh, certain individuals that are trying to take advantage of that, where they can just file frivolous lawsuits or just honestly make the threat of pay me $10,000, which most companies I know just want to chose to go that route of just, I'm just going to you know, take the medicine, pay the money and just go away, which is what most of these people that are doing this are, are banking on. Anyways, I've always fallen back to that potential when it comes to compliance, because I believe there was a another call out in either California or one of the other states that instead of having to provide a notice of, hey, you have 60 days or 30 days to fix these issues before you can go to trial, there's no more grace period. It's a if someone finds an issue that they can potentially sue you. So I'm not a lawyer. I'll never pretend to be a lawyer, but just sharing again what we're seeing with new customers coming in and also what's happening in the general privacy space and why we worked so hard last year to get a lot of new consent integration providers implemented. So OneTrust, Ayubenda, et cetera, and make sure those are integrated with our server-side tracking as well. So even if move client-side to server-side and you're using one of our native integrations with these providers, it covers your server-side tracking as well. So a couple other just footnotes here on privacy updates. Virginia has a new policy, a new CCPA-like policy with just data sale. Colorado and Connecticut have a six-month warning before their rollout happens. So this will be mid-2023. To me, it's inevitable that the majority of states will eventually have some type of opt-in or opt-out requirement for data collection. So it explains why we are seeing more demand from customers that are just really cognizant around the legality of data collection, what they're able to ask if someone opts out, what do they have to do, et cetera, and making sure that they're compliant before moving forward with an integration like ours. So that's the as deep as I'm going to go on the privacy updates. And uh, we'll share more as we see more news come out and make sure we keep you ahead of the curve. 
that's all I have for today. A little bit in the weeds, not quite as fun as the conversion rate optimization and customer data collection as we had with uh, Anthony on last week's app. So we'll uh, get something fun. I have uh, an exciting guest that I'm actually interviewing and recording today. I won't share the name, but he really respects his knowledge in just managing Facebook and TikTok campaigns. So he's on the advertising marketing side but he just shares a ton of really helpful information, both on their blog, on LinkedIn, et cetera. So I'm going to pick his brain a little bit to share some of his insights with you. Until then, you'll see that episode or listen to that episode next week. Hit me up if you have any questions. I'm brad at getelevar.com. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, we release two new episodes per week. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you subscribe and listen to your podcasts. I also have a favor to ask. I'd really appreciate if you could leave a comment or a review so I can learn exactly how to improve future episodes for you. And last but not least, if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn by searching Brad Redding at Elevar. That's E-L-E-V-A-R. Or you can DM me on Twitter. My handle is I am Brad Redding. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks again.